we uh, start this Advent season, uh, because we missed out last week um, and Michelle was going to read, you get a two-for-one special today. So you're going to get two candles lit and two readings. So Michelle's agreed to do that. So go ahead, Michelle. And on the first, day, the first Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of hope. Hope is our assurance that God will finish all that he has started. Hope is our confidence that he will do all he has promised. All the promises of God are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He is our hope today and forever. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You want me to light it? I, can, yeah. I might be able to do that without... You know, there's some fear and trepidation of doing this. Let me have... Uh, which one am I lighting? This one? Okay. There we go. Now on this second day, Sunday of Advent... As we think about the coming of Jesus Christ, we light the candle of peace. Jesus Christ is our peace. He is the Prince of Peace, and the fruit of his presence is peace. Jesus comes to bring justice, wholeness, and, a har and harmony to every relationship throughout all creation. He wants to continually grant us peace in every situation. Jesus, we pray, guide our feet, into the path of peace. You may laugh, but I actually have been in a church where we've had a fire because we've lit candles during uh, Christmas Eve services, and um, I've done candlelight services. We've had kids, you know, drop the candles on the floor. So, you know, it's not without some fear and trepidation that I even be allowed to use matches and light candles. But now, I said it's two for one for Advent. It's not two for one for sermons, all right? It's only one sermon. Um, just one this week. I had prepared. Uh, Dave Wonders had prepared as well because we had a backup plan with the snow, and then, of course, it got canceled. Um, his got posted online, so if you want to hear it, it was a really good message on Advent and, and, and what that's about. And so thank you, Dave, for being. don't have church. And I got to tell you, I missed you guys last week. It just seems weird when you don't have church and you get to see everybody. Uh, I feel like I went from Thanksgiving to Christmas like in warp speed. It just like... I'm here already, and, then, and we're coming up quick. It's, it's not very long, and we're, we're at that season already. And today's message is on peace. And what better time or what time of year that we need peace, right? As I, I talk with people during the week, people are not at peace, right? There's a pressure of Christmas. There's a pressure of getting gifts. There's a, all the parties and all the things to go to. And people are not peaceful. People are not peaceful in the stores, right? If you've been to shopping at all, right? I even found out there's people that aren't even at peace at something good like giving gifts away, right? There's a, a Toys for Tot. It's a, back in New York, and um, I was talking to a friend, and there was parents fighting with other parents to get the, the certain toys, and these were giveaways. This wasn't something they had to, to buy, but there wasn't even peace there. The cops had to come in and kind of disperse a little bit because they were actually fighting in the parking lot over toy gifts. So peace is one of those things that's not always around. We don't always have it. Um, we as individuals don't always have peace, right? If we can be honest, there are things that unsettle us. There are times that we are not at peace, especially in our soul, right? You know, some of that, that, that great old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, that's when everything's going around you is a mess and you have that peace inside. And that's the goal as a believer is to have that peace even among the time of year, 
the circumstances, things that are going on in our life, do we have that peace? Right? You know, and we just read the, the scripture about, uh, or the, the saying about Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he is that. And he brings peace, and he wants peace for us. And not just today or in this season, but in every season. And it doesn't matter what age you're at, there's not always peace, right? We have to work towards it. We have to rely upon God for it. And so we're going to look at some scriptures. I mean, when you look at the word peace, like when I started working on this message, peace in the Bible is about this wide. I mean, I could, I could probably preach two, three, maybe four sermons or 40 sermons on peace, but I didn't. I've narrowed it down a little bit, but there's a lot of scripture that talks about peace. Because I really do believe that Jesus wants us as believers to be at peace, especially within our soul. So if you do have your Bibles, if not, Ike's going to put it up there because he's really good at that. And um, we're going to steal a little bit from the, the youth group. We're going to start in Ephesians. No, we're not stealing from the youth group. They, Ephesians has been around much longer than the youth group. So. But we are going to take some scriptures out of chapter 2 this morning to look at. So again, chapter 2, and we're going to start with verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away, have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made the two one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace." I'll stop right there for a minute. Obviously, the, the he that is, is the pronoun that's there is talking about Jesus. He's the one that's brought things together. He's reconciled that problem that we have, that sin, and how to deal with that sin that we inherit from Adam. So he does that. He provides that way, that salvation, right? We're going to celebrate communion. Again, remembering that. Don't lose that in this Christmas season, right? That's part of Jesus' purpose was to come here to reconcile us, to bring us a way means and a way of salvation. That's the only way we can have any peace at all. But also, Paul here is talking about within the church. There's two groups of people in this church, and they're, they're very divided. In fact, it's causing problems within some of the churches, the Jews and the Gentiles. Now, can you think of anyone today? Can you think of any groups of people that are not at peace with each other, or who are at, almost at enemies and fighting with each other? Yeah? What's well, some of the ones you can think of? I, you know, I knew someone would t- help me out with it. I knew someone was, you know, at least aware of, right? Republicans and Democrats, right? Our government is not at, at peace by any means. But we really can't expect them to, really, because they're operating in a realm, by and large, without God. And so there's no peace here. Those two sides are opposing. Is there any other ones that you can think of? Yes. Yes. Ireland, right? The the Protestants and the Catholics. War for many years. Um, There's still separation there. Well, at least last time I've been to Ireland, it's been a little while since I've been there. But yeah, very much so. In fact, sometimes it's hard to minister there in those places because they'll look at your name and try to figure out which side you're on. The Catholics and the Protestants and how far apart they are. Even among quote-unquote, the churches, there was division. 
what else? There's actually one that's even bigger divide than those two, and those are two big divides. But can you think of another one that's even bigger? <laughs> Israel and most everyone else? Uh, yeah, that's a pretty big divide as well. I can think of one even bigger, though. Denny, that's not bad, though. What? Yeah, that's another one, right? The Shiites? Huh? The Vikings, you know... I, I, no, Tony, I was trying to avoid sports analogies when I really was trying to work hard at that and, and not say anything. You know, I mean, I was thinking Chiefs, Chiefs and Patriots, but okay, I can, can see that one as well. You got two of them? Generational conflict. Ooh, that's a good one too. Ah, sinfulness. and Yeah, you're, you're on to something there. That's actually where I was headed. That is part of it. But believers or non-believers, that is the greatest divide. And we actually talked about that the other morning. And again, that includes our sin nature, obviously, in the world, sin and their losses. But who came to reconcile those two? Jesus, right? And that's where the focus needs to be. On the spiritual side of it, that's what's going to bring peace and bring these two sides unto himself. Thank you, Dave. I needed that help. So that was good. That's that battle within us really is the same, same battle. Even as believers, we battle our sin nature and, and the, uh, the entanglement of sin. And again, sin does not give us peace, certainly. Just the opposite. All right, let's go on a little bit more here with the Scriptures. Again, this hostility, bringing them back together in Jesus' name. For through Him, we have access to the Father by one Spirit. You realize that? You can have peace by accessing God the Father through the Holy Spirit. That's something that a non-believer does not have. Doesn't even desire, really, or doesn't know that he needs it. But we have that. We have access to the Father. We can go to Him, the things that are troubling us, the things that we are worried about, things that are causing us not to have peace, just simply by going to the Father. Goes on in verse 19, it says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Sometimes we need that reminder. At least I do. I, I, maybe you don't, but I need that reminder, right? That I can have the Holy Spirit indwelling in me. And I can, all I do is call upon it, to use it, to, to rely upon it. Can I tell you, that brings great peace. When we're walking in the Spirit, walking according to God's will, there's great peace. There's a calmness that goes deeper than just the circumstances around me, bigger than the, the things that are happening in my life, the, the trials or the circumstances or the political parties or you name it. That peace that comes from within inside because the Holy Spirit's indwelling in me. We need to have that reminder. With that, we need to have peace among each other, right? A church should be a place of peace. 
as believers. Now, let me just caveat that. We're not always going to agree. All right? I know it's hard to believe, but we, we're not always going to agree. We're not going to always see things exactly the same way. But we can still have peace because we have that commonality. We have that spirit within you, spirit within me that connects us. I had a great thing. You know, one of the things that happened last week by me not being here is I got a chance to meet a young lady. I'm saying young. She's actually a little bit older than me, but she's young. So her name is Renee. You won't meet Renee. You probably won't ever see Renee. Renee's moving to Arizona. But you know what? PJ and I were sitting there just having a cup of coffee, and we just struck up a conversation, and she was struggling with peace because she's about ready to move. She's leaving her grandchildren. She also struggles with addiction. All these things were going on in her life. And so we actually got her just to sit down with us and to pray with her. Simple act, simple, just God had ordained that divine appointment where we were just able to do that. But can I tell you that we were connected instantly with her. She's a believer. She's just struggling and coming from different walks of life. But it's amazing, someone who, again, I'll probably never see again this side of glory. You'll never meet, but we are instantly connected. Even though the circumstances last week, if you remember, right, the snowstorm and not being able to get back here and all those things, she's in the midst of a move that she's not really sure she wants to make. She could have peace. We pray together. It's the beauty that we have is that connection. I think we need to rely upon it more and be reminded of it more, that we have that connection in Christ. But we need to have peace with the brothers and sisters. So, chapter 4 in Ephesians, kind of flipping through. Again, I'm not going to do all of Ephesians, but I could because there's a lot about peace here. But it talks a little bit about unity. And Paul's writing this to the church. And he says, as a prisoner for the Lord Jesus, when I, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You realize that? God has put and placed a calling on each and every believer. You have a calling to be open to what God has for you each and every day. It's special. It's just for you. Your calling's not my calling. Some of you say, well, that's good, Charlie, because I don't want your calling. I understand that. But you know what? Your calling is no less important. It's actually very important. But each of you have a calling, and God's placed that just for you. And again, we need to take that seriously and with who it's been given from. It's been given from God for you. And here, I think, is some of the keys to, to living that peace with one another. Be completely humble and genuine. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Right? Unity and peace, they kind of go together, right? We can be unified in, in our, our calling towards God and working towards what God has for us. There can be peace. Different aspects can work together, even though they're not the same, and still be unified, still be at peace. Again, thinking about it in the church, right? There are many things that go on in this church, um, like the decorations. You know, it was kind of fun this week. To, every time I come in, it changed a little bit. There'd be a little bit more decorations. One tree would be, be decorated. The, the manger would show up. The magical elves that came in all during the week that, that did that. But you know what? There's also a children's ministry over there. They're working. 
They're doing what God's called them to do. And there's peace in that. It's men's ministry, women's ministry, life groups, time, audiovisual, elders, deacons. All of that is working all the time. And guess what? Done right. There can be unity. There can be peace. But it takes some humility, right? Not saying one part is better than the other or more important. We don't have that here. Like I said, that's the blessing of being here. But it takes some patience, right? Being patient with one another because sometimes things don't move at the same speed. Sometimes things don't line up perfectly. Believe me, I know that. Sometimes things don't always coordinate well in schedules and things like that. But being patient, bearing with one another in love, right? I love you enough that I can pour it to minor things that may annoy me or I may not quite agree with, but I can love you through that. That's not that. Pour it to minor in the grand scheme of things. It's more important to keep that peace and that unity through the Spirit. He goes on to kind of back that up here with a few more scriptures. And I told you I've got a lot of scriptures here because, again, there's a lot that talks about peace. It says, There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, and all who is over all, and through all, and in all. Right? That commonality again as believers, that agreement upon certain things that have to be the key elements of our faith. Right? That's what he's saying here. That's what binds us together. Those are the majors. The minors can be some of the other things, our, our love of a team or you know, how we view certain things, our political parties. Those are minors in relative speaking to the body of Christ and to our unity as believers in Jesus. All right, I'm going to make a jump now. I'm going to jump from, from Ephesians all the way over to 1 Peter chapter 3. Chapter 3 in, in, in 1 Peter, um, there's another area of our lives that's not always at peace. And I understand that here um, in the group. And I'm not going to get into it this morning because, again, it would take some time to unpack it. But husband and wives, right? Now, I know some of you have great marriages, and, and most of you have great marriages. But is it always peaceful? No, no. Don't be too quick to say that. I mean... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's reality. You're right, yes, sometimes it is reality. But Scripture talks to that in great length. And again, First Peter, if you haven't read it in a while, you know, start off reading the chapter 3 here, the first uh, seven or eight verses, and you'll get at least an idea of where to, to start working on. Paul mentions it in Galatians and Colossians. There's a lot about marriage in the Bible. I'm not sure why that is, except for maybe the fact that that's probably an area that those of us who are married struggle with and keeping peace. So, I'm not going to get into that. I got into it further than I wanted to already. But, but go back and read that. Because again, that's that core relationship, right? And again, if there's peace in the home, things run smoothly, there's unity. Again, as believers, that's the goal. That, that is the goal. Um, and remembering each other as believers not just husband and wife, but in our roles, but as believers in Christ. All right, verse 8. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one and be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Notice that Peter, different letter, different time, different people, but guess what? Same message, right? 
This is what brings about peace. Being compassionate to one another, living in an understanding, loving each other, humility. Some of the keys to having peace, keeping unity, being together as believers. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Just that reminder, right? What does the world say, right? You hit me, I'm going to hit you. I'm probably going to hit you harder, right? It's that one-upping and paying back evil for evil. God says, no, that's not how we work. That's not how we work, especially in the body. That's not how we work as believers. Back to being compassionate, being humble. Then he sticks a psalm in here, and this psalm is, is great because, again, it reminds us that this has been from the, from the old to the new forever is what God wants from us as believers. It says, whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. Sorry, I can't help it, but I think of James chapter 3, right? You know, taming the tongue. We spent a lot of time in that a while back, right? Our words matter. How we speak to each other matters. We can do a lot of damage. We can cause a lot of unrest and hurt by our words. We need to be careful with those. We can also encourage. We can lift up. We can bring together. It's all part of that. You know, what does God want us to do with our tongues? How do we use that? goes on in this psalm, it says, He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Kind of underline that in my Bible. He must seek peace and pursue it. Peace doesn't happen by itself. Peace doesn't happen naturally even. Right? Peace is something that you have to pursue. You have to work at it. It takes effort to bring about peace. If you don't think it does, let me give you a couple of people that are having some problems or an argument and stick you in the middle and say, all right, you need to help these two come together, right? Believe me, you've got to pursue it. It doesn't happen. Nat- if it happened naturally, they wouldn't be there in front of you. I've done enough marriage counseling and enough, I've actually done some mediation for some businesses and things. Guess what? It doesn't work very well. They, don't, they, they can't come up with a solution on their own. They need help. They have to, they have to pursue it. There's things that have to change. It takes compromise usually. It takes letting go. It takes forgiveness. Right? Those things take work. But as it says here in the psalm, seek peace and pursue it. Go after it. It's okay to go after be, to be at peace with one another and peace with inside of us. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So God's going to be working against you unless you are pursuing those things, unless you are pursuing peace and working towards that. Just a little bit more here. Who is going to harm you if you do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. It's interesting, that fear... You could really replace that word with worry, right? A lot of times our fears are just a a nicer way of saying, I'm worried about this, or you can even dress it up a little more, I'm concerned about this, right? I hear that quite often in Christianese. I'm I'm just concerned. I'm not worried about it because I know I'm not supposed to worry, but I'm concerned about it. Well, 
same word, you're just kind of changing it up. But we don't have to fear the things that the world fears. Remember what I said, that great don't have to fear and unbelievers, right? The things that they fear, we don't have to fear. Again, in fact, we're, we're getting our focus off of God when we start to get mired down in those things, whether it's politics or finances or our physical circumstances. We lose our peace in those moments. So that's that bringing us back to what's most important. Who is most important? Jesus. But if your hearts are set apart, Christ says, Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. Give the reason for the hope that you have. I love that verse, and I'm going to end with that this morning because you know what? As you walk through this life, and you have peace through circumstances, give the reason why. We miss out on so many opportunities because we don't take the next step. Someone will say to you, hey, I see you going through this circumstance and, and, and you seem to be such at peace with that, whether it be an accident or illness, or maybe it's even this holiday season. Like you're not all worked up about getting the kids the latest and the greatest, or you're at peace, you seem at peace. Be prepared to give the reason. God's given you an open door in those circumstances. Remember my friend Renee? That's all she was looking at. She was just looking for an open door. Peach and I were not looking to witness to Renee. Renee was just someone serving our coffee. But he gave us that open door. It didn't take much, and she just let everything go, what was going on in her life. She was in tears, just, just waiting for someone to, to say, hey, I love you and it's okay. How can I pray for you? It'd be just as simple as that. But be ready to give that reason. Why are you so peaceful? And you say, well, maybe Charlie, I'm not that peaceful this morning. Maybe I'm, I got it all together on the outside, but inside I'm, I'm, I'm all tied up in knots. And look back to these passages. Remind yourself that Christ is within you. He wants you to be at peace to your very core. Ask him for it. He will give it. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we seek after you, Lord, may you continue to do that work in our lives. May you continue to bring about that peace in our soul. Lord, we thank you that you've done that on the cross, Lord, that you've given us that opportunity to accept you as Lord and Savior, Lord, that we can be at peace, that you provided a way, that you've paid the price for that, that you've taken that, you provided a way as a means of salvation for us. Lord, I also pray that if there's someone here this morning that's wrestling with their life circumstances, with things that are going on, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts, remind them of the purpose that you've given each and every one of us. Remind them of the gift that you've given us, especially at this time of year, Lord, as we celebrate your coming, and that we would be at peace with not only ourselves, but with those around us, and that we look for those opportunities to share you with a lost and dying world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.